Hello. Did that work? Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Happy fallback. Welcome. Oh, yes. Daylight savings has ended. And it's going to be dark. Really I got so early? confused this morning. I was like, why am I up so early? Why is Winston freaking out? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's because we gained an hour. <laughs> gained. We borrowed an hour. Yeah, I was waking up through the night so much. I don't know why. Mm. But it was only like for a very short amount of time. It was like I was aware that I was awake and then I would fall back asleep and then it happened again. Mm -hmm. And we had bagels this morning. Yes, we good. had bagels. Winston watched, wanted the bagels. Uh, Two, uh, okay, so we watched um, Hunger Games fire. last mm. weekend, I think it was last weekend or two weekends ago, I can't remember. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I want to keep going. So we watched the second Hunger Games, uh, Catching Fire. But it was early. We like started watching it at like pretty early. Yeah. I don't know. It it was it was very early. It was yeah. like dinner time. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I want to keep Let's going. Keep going. And I forgot that Mockingjay <laughs> was two parts. Two parts. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, the whole time I'm just like, oh, I know it's happening. Now. Well, actually, I, I don't. I remember. We started. I remember Catching Fire like fully. I don't really remember Mockingjay that closely. The second one, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Like I, I. So I read the series, and I did not. I kept. I kept like telling Jeff like throughout uh, while we were watching. I think Mockingjay Part One. That's when I started really freaking out. But Hunger Games is like one of my favorite series of all time. Yeah, and I think that they did a really good job making the books into movies. So. I was, I mean, and I also said, like, you got to give credit to Jennifer Lawrence for <laughs> bringing that Katniss uh, to life. But yeah, I really enjoy it, especially just like thinking as a cultural commentary. I mean, it's a, I just love dystopian settings. It's like my favorite setting to explore ideas related to people and what this chapter is a dystopian side. <laughs> no, I'm trying no, to segue. No. I know. Yeah, I, there's no segue. I'm just like, let me plug Hunger Games here real quick. But yeah, we um, well, actually, no, the relation is that I also said to you that I even though I like the Harry Potter books, I uh -huh. also like the movies. Yes. Even if they're different sure. in some some minor and some like notable ways. Yeah. 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 So that's my connection to very nice <laughs> hunger games to harry potter excellent yep one's ready <laughs> one's ready turn to page 158 aboard the hogwarts express today's lesson is called read a book already <laughs> the chapter begins with the end of yes i laughed at my own joke the chapter begins with the end of summer the morning of the hogwarts express departure amos diggory brings an urgent message to mr weasley through the fire regarding an issue with Alistair Mad-Eye Moody. Apparently, some magical chaos was seen and heard by muggles, while Moody claims he was fighting intruders. Mr. Weasley rushes to help, while Harry learns that Mad-Eye was an Auror, a dark wizard catcher. Meanwhile, Charlie and Bill both drop tantalizing hints about the surprise at Hogwarts this year. Hermione informs Ron and Harry about other wizarding schools, competitions between them, and, an in and interesting types of magic like unplottable locations. On the train, Malfoy stops by and harasses our trio as usual, first targeting Ron's dress robes and then the fact that Ron doesn't know the nature of the secret, leaving Ron feeling less than. Chapter ends with their arrival at Hogwarts for their fourth year. 
I didn't think about Ron. Um, Ron, Ron's feelings compounding in that way, but it makes sense because that's what Malfoy does, and I he bothers me a lot. He should. He's the reason. To. Yeah, the reason that I bully. like Draco is largely due to Tom Felton, and I have no trouble admitting that mm-hmm. of uh, the movie like performance of, but Draco as a person yep. that exists is quite awful. Uh, yeah. Yes. So the first thing I wrote down, uh, okay, we're uh, the scrambling that's happening. Scramble. Where uh, we have the fire, the yeah. fire. Yeah. Roaring, mm-hmm. and I, I said to Jeff the this toast. morning, I got confused because I was like, "Oh wait, didn't we see Sirius?" Well, we did see Sirius in the movie version of what we watched because we've been watching like Harry Potter. Oh, uh, did we finish Half Blood Prince or did we start? No, do we no. have okay? We're on Half Blood Prince, which yep. we may watch. Movement started later today, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was like, "Wait, Harry doesn't know about this fire thing." Oh no, this is the first time Harry's seeing a person's face. Yeah, it <laughs> feels. I didn't look. Did you look stuff up about it? I, meant I always to. thought that it was maybe something related to flu powder. It's like some the magic flu network. that's less, yeah, it's like less invasive. Or at least it. connected to the flu network right. where you're. But the fact that Mrs. Weasley can feed Amos Diggory a piece of toast yeah, through we have the some fire. Metaphysics, magic physics. What's, what's the. It's fantastic. How do phys- I love no, it. We, I've already. I've already meta magic. Yeah, meta magic. I've gone, I've dragged us through weird, like we haven't actually gone down the rabbit holes where I still don't understand how physics works with magic, but I guess that's need to work. something that's unknowable. <laughs> it reminds me of a slight tangent. There's a Star Trek where Q, who's like this famous repeating character, and is like this all-powerful person is like uh, they're having this problem, and he's just like, "Oh, you just rewrite the constant of gravity to solve it." <laughs> yeah, you brought up Q last night when we were watching the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's that was that was a cute little detail, though. Regardless of like how it actually works, like I don't actually I tease. Like I'm always like, "Oh, I wonder how this works." I don't. It doesn't matter to me. Like I'm willing to be like, "Oh, it just it just does. It's fine." But I thought it was a cute little touch to be like, "Amos is just kind of it's just Molly being Molly." She's like, "Let me mother you, yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> let me let me take care of you. Let me feed you." Yes, there's like a lot of urgent stuff going on. Everyone like at least have when a you need bit food of toast. the most. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's really nice. Yeah, and then Charlie and Bill are still there. Percy goes off to work, but then Charlie and Bill are like, uh, kind of. It's it's interesting to juxtapose like the way that they use the fact that the kids that are still at Hogwarts don't know about the Triwizard Tournament, and then the way Draco uses it in a bullying fashion because. There, it, the fine line is yeah. so, is there because intention matters so much, right? Yeah, they're trying not to ruin it. They're trying. I mean, they're playing it's, it up a little yeah. bit to be like, "Hey, oh, well, because they know they want it to be a good surprise." Like, <laughs> yeah. so this is like, and you know, I'm I'm kind of well, I don't know. Am I glad? No, I'm not really that glad. I was gonna say at least Draco didn't spoil it, but he's being mean about it, so it's like worse than spoiling it. It's just kind of. You're just making it about you and you're weird. I said to Jeff this morning as I was reading, I was like, why is Draco obsessed with like Muggleborn? He's just like obsessed with it. He's obsessed with like people's position and status in the world. And it's just yeah. like a sad existence. I'm so sorry, Draco, that you you live in such a, yeah. a lovely family that cares about those things. <laughs> but this, 
Yeah. It, it is always interesting to read, reread, and talk about these books with you, with anyone, because of how people feel about certain characters. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really interesting that we can relate differently. For me, I definitely come down generally on the side of like, redemption cannot be earned by one great act. Mm-hmm. So... Draco not saying like this is clearly Harry in book seven, Narcissa not saying that Harry is alive, yeah. Snape's whole arc. Like, I don't think redemption is earned in one act. You have to juxtapose that form of redemption or redemptive action versus like Dumbledore's form of redemptive action, which is a lifetime mm-hmm. of effort to a certain end. Yeah, I think that um so a couple things. One, reading slow like one chapter a week, well, I mean, over multiple years now with this podcast, um, really kind of sits, it, it hits harder of like, oh yeah, like all of these interactions with Draco. I mean, every time Malfoy comes up, I'm just like, ew, like nobody wants you here. Get out of here. Like you're so annoying. You're so rude. You're so gr- Like why do you, why do you have to be so miserable all the time? Can't right. you just like, I don't know, go smell a flower and be like, oh, this is lovely. Like <laughs> can you do something with your life other than like causing pain to others? Um, but on the other, the other thought I had also was like, I really wish I could see, I mean, I wonder if this is in part why Cursed Child is kind of like um, a weird product after the Harry Potter series is that it's very, we don't get to see what happens after the war. We don't see what Draco, does Draco pay his debt or or whatever the actual phrase does is. Does Lucius like, go to jail? Does he? No, he does not. So they're, they're so in the and of itself. So the debt is not paid like, at all. I mean, there's a, obviously the, the debts of the father, like yeah, so yeah. they're on on him. But I, I think it's really important to, I think then if you want to start complicating Draco, then you have to look at like James Potter, mm-hmm. right? So that's where your question of what happens after all of this becomes important because we know that Draco doesn't say go through with killing Dumbledore like there's something a bit more sensitive inside of him that he's yeah. willing to listen to than than others in more of a James fashion of like eventually mm-hmm. he he eventually the one the better angels of James seem to win out what we know about him seem to win out yeah and I think that so if I were to play this out I could imagine though just thinking in terms of consistency with Draco he probably wouldn't like repent. He would probably just like quietly live in the background. Yes, he's a slither. To survive, you know, <laughs> right, right. To like be like, okay, like <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm not gonna like actively act on these pure blood ideology ways, but I'm also not going to like become a zealot against make, them. Yeah, make up for all the harm that I yeah. did. I could see that. Well, he on, he certainly We don't know. <laughs> you definitely see that and it's a very relatable thing because it comes down similarly to Narcissa where it's like, "Oh, well, I become so family oriented that like mm-hmm. I'll just focus on my family and stay out of it." And yeah. but that that in and of itself is a particular you know, way of doing things. Well, this is okay. This is going to sound weird, but this is kind of like the 
like your own actual professional work with quantitative literacy is that, you know, this is going to be a weird, oh like, term, but like, um, just because you're literate with numbers doesn't mm. necessarily, like, it's about the intent, like, what do you do with it? Like, what do you do with that knowledge? Yeah. What do you do with that? So, yeah, sort I think of- the difference, it's the difference between like, um, knowing and awareness and then responsibility. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so responsibility is as active. You, I mean, you act responsibly. You don't know responsibility. You, you yeah. can know things. You can know that like pure bloodedness is a flawed ideology. But you know, if you're not, if you're not taking responsibility for your own contributions to it, especially as somebody like Draco, who is, so, I mean, you're one. He was a Death Eater. He's a Death Eater. Like. This is him a couple of years before he's a Death Eater. And we can certainly, we can absolutely mourn the fact, this is just me, Mm -hmm. I can mourn the fact that there are so many bad influences on a young kid Mm -hmm. that can be the reasons why these things happen. Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure. It makes it harder to redeem. You have to do more. Yeah. So he doesn't point out that it's Just Harry in the, the early book seven. Doesn't excuse like, but the he hunts of, Harry yeah. in Hogwarts Castle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is yeah. It's always so like I mean I'm I, every time like I bring up Harry like he Harry is just so surprising to me as a like. This is another example of like his circumstances are quite awful, but like he isn't awful. Yeah. He's actually quite the opposite of what it's kind of amazing being like how how did you how do you not like get so messed up and like lose sight of humanity or be like oh humans are just terrible or people are terrible I'm not going to even try sort of thing you know and I don't know so yep. it is interesting to like people are different and they make different choices Yeah they do. Even yeah, though circumstances do. have a piece of like that shaping there's still some sort of, I mean, that's that's kind of like the series itself, right? Like it's the choices that we do or that we make that matter. And I'll just go one step further of like understanding the fandom and the ways that people can, it's interesting that we hold people to very different standards often because I think a lot mm-hmm. of fans, and this is just speculation, who um, forgive Draco readily Mm. are also the hardest on Ron in book seven that he leaves. Like Mm. it it tends to be, I think that there's this weird double standard of what redemption looks like. If you're good very frequently and then you make one mistake, people hold that mistake against you so hard. It's kind of consistent though, because it it is sort of like in the moment. Like, cause there's, there's this weird like dynamic also of like, Someone who's bad who shows glimpses of good, you kind of then you're like rooting for them of like, okay, you can do it. And then yes. like you're saying of someone who has been consistently, uh, you know, not awful. And Ron just, I mean, he, we, we, I like Ron a lot more reading the books than I do in the movies. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it becomes frustrating because it's like, oh no, like don't, you know. And so, but that, that um, judgment, I feel like is, consistent of like it's it's it it makes sense to me but i also like i can see that i'm glad we i'm glad this chapter was relatively short it was short because like we can indulge this yeah (laughs) discussion talking i don't even know how we got here but well yeah just draco being draco (laughs) 
Um, speaking of uh, sick burns, I have one. I think you know which one I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Okay, so Percy is like too busy for his family. And he's like, oh, Crouch needs me, blah, 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 whatever, I and all this stuff. And then, oh, shoot, I didn't write it down. I think I it's George. George. Oh. Yeah, it's one of them. <laughs> I think it's George. And he's like, yeah, you know what, Percy? I reckon he'll know your name soon. And I think that it says, said George seriously. Yeah. Which I also yeah. found really a, a funny little adverb. <laughs> well, I feel bad because like Percy, it, that going flashback to that moment in the tent where Percy's just so proud and whatever. And he like, he's just like offering ah, a cup of tea yes. and he's, I forgot what he Weatherby. calls him. Weatherby. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> well, yeah, it's something that's like some weird Weasley. Like you're, it, you got, you kind of almost got the first letter of the first name, but you right. like, Swung hard and missed on that poor Percy, but yeah. So like the secrets of Percy is, I mean, is another redemption arc to discuss. I mean, mm. there's certainly on this. They're they're all different. It's hard to compare. Well, what's interesting also is that so you can't talk about these individual characters without as much as I like kind of critique the Wizarding World for being so obsessed with family names. Like it's hard to think about them as individuals completely yeah. distinct from their families. So like when yes. I even when I say Malfoy, it's just like when I'm talking about Draco, I also like subconsciously I'm thinking about Lucius, my most hated yeah. character in the entire well, book. <laughs> I'll say this as well, as an educator, I'm definitely more willing to forgive Draco. I mean Mm-mm. there is an imp- I do think that we as a culture generally underestimate children especially teenagers and thinking that they're we've had this discussion on this podcast many times of like they're clearly more mature they have the full range of human experiences in front of them and they're certainly capable of all those types of feelings and decisions but and this is the grace that i would extend to draco as a child the way society is set up people have more authority over children than mm. when they stop being children. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely more willing to say like the way what his parent how his parents form Draco and push him to be a certain type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, is an important part in Bellatrix. Let's not set her out of this no, conversation as Bella. well. Right? But the, but I think it's completely like it's a condemnation of the society if Lucius Malfoy doesn't go to jail, right? That's it. Yeah. You are not. That is. You cannot mistake the punishment that Voldemort levies on Lucius for the punishment society needs to levy on this man, right? In order to have him pay his debts to the society, mm-hmm. it, they're completely incomparable. And so I don't, I don't know that for sure. But it sounded like you had looked up whether Lucius went to jail. Or no, not. I'm. I am fairly confident he did not he go to jail not. because. Uh, I think I looked it up at some point because I remember being enraged at that or in maybe it isn't, I don't know. It didn't seem like he went to jail. And I remember, and this is also my grudge against him. Every time he pops up in this series, it's I'm like, you got away with it. Like that's right. Or if he did go to Azkaban, like it was just for like a very brief period or he was detained for a period. I don't know. And to wrap it Uh, into this book, as we move forward, it's really interesting to then see the Crouch family and what what happens here. Like what happens moving forward here of like responsibility and 
I mean, we've we've already seen the huge chapter with the dark, the dark mark, where mm-hmm. Mr. Crouch is like, you accuse me of doing something wrong? How dare you, right? That he's compensated so much for this one actually big, big wrong that he commits on behalf of love and for his family and all of this. And it, it's a really complicated... Mm-hmm. It, that is also complicated because it's like, well... You can do things in the name of loving your family that shouldn't be forgiven just because you did them because you love your family, right? That, yeah. That often the excuse or the reason for doing something isn't enough. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, this is a great book. Well, <laughs> you know, I've, yes. I don't know. Like, there's so many thoughts that you're making go through my brain. So, like, one thing that I think, we were talking about themes, for Harry Potter, or actually your question to me was like the great mystery and I ended up going more towards themes. And like love is absolutely very strong as a theme because it plays out in different ways, like particularly with the big bad evil guy, like that relationship to love and like all, you know, all that sort of stuff. Just give everyone, loop everyone into the conversation. Basically, we've, we've talked a lot in my attempts to write and our creative endeavors about mysteries and we really enjoy mysteries like they've been some of our favorite shared stories especially recently Mm -hmm. and we talked like harry potter the books they're mystery books every book basically has a kind of core mystery in the book that gets solved in that book right Mm -hmm. who is Sirius black it gets solved in this one, it will be who put Harry's name in the Goblet of Fire, right? That's the mystery. Because if you know that, everything else follows. Yeah. You, you can basically solve the rest of it. <laughs> and we're, and I was basically saying, like, if you had to say that the whole series, what is the core mystery, right? What would you say? That that was yeah, what yeah. we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's it's hard because there's like a lot involved. Like there's the reason this series is really good is because you have a kind of like the Department of Mysteries. Like if you think about all those departments and there's like all these things that we don't yeah. fully understand. And that makes sense. Like it's <laughs> you have this entire department of mysteries. We That's have right. time. We have love. We have uh, death. We have I don't know all the other ones off the top of my head. We have we have, we have all of these different what you can call themes yeah. that play out throughout the series. Agreed. And themes are, re- and that as a place of housing those themes mm-hmm. is really useful. And I, it makes me even think this way. I wonder what the love room actually looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Does it have a space of corrupted love? <laughs> well, that does it have this type Ooh. of space? Because what one of the things that we know in this series is you have Dumbledore being this, huge adherent of like love is this most powerful magic and it is what is protecting you is Lily's sacrifice and all of this stuff Mm -hmm. then you also have like snape's love is very corrupted love i would argue yeah i mean what about crouch here what's his deal i mean what about draco and narcissa Mm. like what's that about Mm -hmm. what about the cursed child i mean (laughs) That if that is canon, like that's a very corrupted love, obsessive love. Yeah. And then what about Grim Folly? Right? You have this Rip. expression of love. You, you can agree that love is this most powerful protective magic. 
while also, I think, admitting in these stories, love is also corrupted very frequently in mm-hmm. powerful ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ginny and Harry. Ginny. I mean, in, in book two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can manipulate it. It's it's not this like it isn't this pure shield that Dumbledore says it is for Lily uh, for Lily and and Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it works that way in that case, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not in every other case. Yeah. Oh, so I was briefly thinking about the title you gave this lesson: read a book already. And so I was thinking about Hermione. <laughs> Hermione. Yeah, yeah, and I was thinking about like. You know, I wonder if Hermione and Ron have these conversations and they're like, <laughs> or if Hermione's just like going on and on, or if one of the kids like Rose or Hugo or both are like, are like Hermione and think about, because she's read a lot of books. Yeah. She's read a lot of books, uh, even as a child, like she knows all these things and everyone's like, well, I love that exchange with her and Ron where uh, she's like, oh, well, anyone who's read Hogwarts A History knows. And he's like, oh, so only you. So go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, I love that. It's a, yeah, it's a really brilliant oh, turn. Yeah. Like to have Ron swing at her like that is just so funny. I think it's, yeah, what their family is like, I think would be really interesting. To me, Ron, as I like to imagine Ron as an adult and a mm-hmm. father like his own like father. Like Arthur, yeah. Who is philosophical but in a very non-traditional way is mm-hmm. right i mean like most of his he just acts in a very clear way he's clearly developed and thought about a principled way of being mm-hmm. and he just is that way yeah i uh while still wondering and like enjoying philosophical questions of like what is a rubber duck mm-hmm. that's a very philosophical question right of like what is this for yeah, yeah i i was imagining as i was reading i was imagining the actor who plays arthur weasley which yeah. i think excellent casting for huh. arthur and molly the because whole they are yeah all so of them good. they yeah. are yes they are the weasleys they forever will be the weasleys you can't convince me otherwise it doesn't matter that well, fred and george aren't described very, very famous as different. actor and actress the mom and dad yeah mm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah but um there's like a line in there where so as draco is teasing ron for not knowing and he's like oh your dad probably isn't like that close with the higher ups or whatever and ron i don't know if he says it i think he does say it out loud where he's like oh he could have had a, a promotion anytime but he's just comfortable he where he's that. at and that also somebody says something comforting i'm not sure if it's hermione it's hermione yeah. yeah that is so indicative of like who arthur is. like he's just he has enough he could be like Percy. He's satisfied. I mean, he could pursue. Mm-hmm. And that's something, that's an interesting dichotomy or, or an interesting thing to discuss there too, right? Like maybe if he was more open, we don't know. I mean, there's a lot we don't see, obviously. Yeah, yeah. With Percy about like making these types of choices and supporting him and being like, if you want to be the, and they do to an extent of like, doesn't seem like his parents are like, Oh hey Percy, no. <laughs> don't don't be ambitious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sons and sons and fathers, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's many sons yeah. to the same father. Yeah, there it is. It is, it is interesting. And they all have little nuggets of, of yeah. the positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. All right. Well. Also mad eye. Mad Eye. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Mad Eye. There's a lot of sus things happening around here. And well, it's really enjoyable because having watched the movie, uh-huh. this is 
the book is so much more satisfying for me because of well, the clues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first, yeah, because we don't even see, we don't see any of this. Yeah. And part of it, like, I can understand, like, okay, in terms of budgeting, if they, like, played out so many of these scenes in the Wizarding World, it probably would be astronomically expensive well, and, and the all brilliance, of that. And the brilliance, just the brilliance of introducing a character to us by saying they're paranoid, mm. and mm -hmm. then the end of the story, learning that this thing that we cl we learn this man is paranoid about. Mm -hmm. He was right. He yeah. was attacked. Yeah, it is interesting. Not only that, he lost the fight. It's because they kind of treat it as like, oh, this old guy. Yes. Like, he's been through it. He's like, yeah. because he's like, he's been such an exceptional or he's just like haunted, you know, kind yeah. of like PTSD somewhat. Like, that's what it the vibe sounds like when they talk about him. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, this book is crazy because we just we had the a few chapters ago, like when you titled it the best it'll ever get or whatever, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever mm -hmm. the title was. It was like mm -hmm. as good as it gets. That's the title, I think. The World Cup um, so we have that and then so much more. And it's, yeah, the, the, this is we're it's, on the other side of the hill now. It's I imagine go fast. if you were to put all of the Harry Potter books in like one large tome, mm. <laughs> you could like do the first half, we're like one fourth through. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you could do like the first half like in one direction, and then you can flip the other half, and it would be like that's how I imagine it is. Like if you twist it, like this yeah. book halfway through goes like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And then like the rest of the series is like. You know, trying to resolve that. Yes, because I think that it's true that the first three books and mysteries resolve positively. The next ones don't resolve positively. Like four, five, and six. The mystery when you solve them, when you learn them, like it's it's because something very bad has happened. <laughs> Until the very end. Until the end. The the seventh book kind of stand alone. Which, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I also, one more thing. I love meeting a character off screen, so to speak. Mm. Like we're we're meeting Moody right now. We This is our first discussion of Moody, but he, he's not in the scene, which is also really fun. It's other people talking about him. Mm -hmm. It's really like that. It's an mm -hmm. interesting way to do things. Yeah. Anywho. All right. Until next time. Until next time. Wands ready. ready.